Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Trying to just grab all, grab all the bags, as the kids say. Is that how they say it? I don't know. Whatever. You're taking shots at the unathletic, arthritic, <laughs> old alligator? I can't find anything now. I'm a feeble old buffoon. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go on a Thursday. Cofield and Company, not only at Silver Sevens, but also in Boise, Idaho, and also in Los Angeles, where Adam Hill is manning Radio Row. Willie, you can go see Willie today between 3 and 6. He's got a bunch of prizes, and then I'm on the road covering UNLV in Boise. So we got Willie and Adam, and Ari's back in our Finley Toyota studios. Loaded show today, loaded show today. No wasting time. Let's get to it. It's Trending at 3, presented by Nova Home Loans. Call now at 877-700-NOVA. Did everyone have a good National Pizza Day yesterday? I just learned it was National Pizza Day about 10 minutes ago when I read an email from Ari. Okay. Willie, what did you do for National Pizza Day? Did you grab some pizza yesterday on National Pizza Day? Nope. What? I'm in the middle of Ari? a 21-day challenge, bro. I, I, I can't. I have to stay focused and eat what's been prescribed th- for 21 days. Gee, damn it. Ari, but I, will, but I can day? tell you. I can tell you on February 22nd, I will probably go to a specific spot, which I'm probably not supposed to name, and get a large, true New York-style pepperoni pizza. Ari, of course, you celebrated National Pizza Day because you called us out for it. So where would you get your pizza from? What kind of pizza was it? You know, I was going to, and then we didn't do it on the show, and I just, I kind of just lost it. This, is, this, is, our the sh- this show is the most down. idiotic show in the country. <laughs> we, have, we have people talk trash. Ari sends over a message. We didn't talk about it yesterday. So I'm like, okay, we're going to put it in the show today. And then I, I knew, Adam Hill, that there's no way Ari got pizza and actually honored the day that he's complaining about us not honoring yesterday. Well, did, did Ari just learn about it today, too, though? No, it was in the notes yesterday. Oh, okay. That was the whole point. He was saying we and didn't I, talk about it at all. And I knew it was National Pizza Day, and I said, damn, I'm not on the show. We can't talk about pizza around town. The best place to go, but like Adam's you can boys. Talk about, you can talk good. about whatever you want. Also, isn't it isn't it kind of amateur to to go get the item on the National on Day? On the National Day, yeah. Not at all. No. I completely disagree with you. This goes back to Ruben... On St. Patrick's Day, sure. or corned beef and cabbage, really, on St. Patrick's Day, and then, you know, turkey on Thanksgiving. You're anti-fulfilling the holiday or day of honoring with the actual food. Let me just say, I will celebrate that day any day of the 365 days, and I think plenty of people agree. Pizza, any day. It's good. Any day. I got pizza. I got That's- pizza yesterday. But, but I was also, uh, the, the motivation or the... Uh, the triggering of it was actually done by the SO, who's like, it's National Pizza Day. We should get some pizza. And I'm like, okay. Wait, she did you... know? Oh, she knew about it, yeah. What, does she have, like, a, a day of food calendar? She's she's very much on social media. So if, if stuff is up, especially on the uh, on oh, IG, yeah. then she it knows hashtag. about it. It was hashtag. We share uh, notes. It is the, uh, so that's the, uh, you know, where people come up and they go, 
if you were on a deserted island, who would what what this or what would you, what book or what this what what food? If you could eat one food, the rest of that's what I've always said: pizza. That's the one food. I, I could eat tacos. pizza. I could eat pizza morning, noon, night. It doesn't matter when. Think about it. You get a large slice, like Steve, you're East Coast, right? You get a nice big New York thin pizza. And right. you leave it in the box. You do sure. not. You do not put it in the fridge either. And the next morning, right when you wake up, first thing you're grabbing, Adam, college days. I'm assuming I didn't go oh, to college, sure. but yeah, for sure. So I mean, but I, I also I think I have a new answer for that question of like if you can only have one food, deserted island. Yeah. Don't you have to go sandwiches? Because like sandwiches are everything now. It's hot dogs. There's like infinite number of sandwiches that you can have. Like I think that's the answer. You did that on purpose, right? So I could say hot dogs on a sandwich. I mean, I, I'm saying everybody includes them, so you might as well make that your food. Now you kind of have access to all these different things. But has it got to be a specific sandwich, or can that, it be any sandwich? I'm, that's why I'm saying sandwich. Well, if it's sandwich for me, then it's, you got to go smart, with Willie, nice cabagool with a little provolone. And the so I want to ask, I want to ask Adam what's going on on Radio Row, but right now I really don't care because the NBA stole the afternoon. Wow. Uh, God is on the move again to what Washington and. My Nets, you know, I'm a long-time Nets fan all the way back to my childhood with Mike Jaminski snubbing me with a stupid autograph. Um, love the Nets. Never dropped them. Never dropped them. Never got mad about them moving to Brooklyn. Uh, they did get rid of one of my guys, James Harden. It's funny, you know, traveling around Curtis Terry, who, you know, his brother played in the NBA. Curtis played professional basketball. Curtis is a really big NBA fan. And his initial reaction, guys, to the trade was that the Nets lost the trade. And I looked at it, and I'm like, wait a second. They lost the trade. They got a younger Ben Simmons, who's a bit of a head case, but I think they'll get him straightened out, for James Harden, who didn't want to be there, and they also got usable pieces beyond that. How did the Nets lose in getting Ben Simmons? Are, are you guys worried about his, because how we'll, do you call know? It, uh, we'll call it his, his uh, cooperation? Yeah, because how do you know that they're going to get us straightened out? How do you know that he's not the NBA's next Antonio Brown? That's why I think he says they lost the trade. You don't know what you're getting. Adam? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can see that. I, I think the Nets won the trade. Um, but, I mean, I, I, there are a lot of question marks. It is still it is still Ben Simmons. And I think if you're going to tell me they both go to their new places, they both fit in well, and they both play at a high level, then, then yeah, the Nets, probably, the Nets probably win the trade. But I, I don't know there's either any guarantees on either of them, really. And, and you know what, to Adam's point, I don't think that there's any guarantee with what you're going to get off the court with James Harden either in terms of his attitude, in terms of his prima donna-ish ways in how he's been across the board with the teams he's been with. So, I mean, there's no telling. I think you got head case for head case. Well, we know, we know that Harden can't keep a secret. Because I don't know if you guys know this, this trade was broken last night. He was he was getting he was getting a lap dance. He told the girl he's on the Sixers. No, and she tweeted it. I don't even where where was he? Was he, I, where would he be getting the lap dance? It's a great question. I don't know. I, I've a, I've a lot more searching to do on this girl. I, I, Adam, I follow her now. This is your. <laughs> This is assignment number one for uh, all of us doing research well, during the breaks. We have to find out where he was and what club. 
This is Adam's forte. Of course he, it Adam is. knows. I mean, when when research needs to be done, I'll never forget when Stephen A. Smith had a show called Quite Frankly. He had a guest on, and it was in handicapping, and they and he told him he goes, you know, the number one source for information, strip clubs. That's a great point. That is a great point. All right, we're going to do our research. We want more dirt on this. Uh, today's show loaded, loaded, loaded with uh, tons of cool guests. Remember, Silver 7s is the site right now. Willie's hanging out there today. That's our Thursday home with 77-cent beers during football games. Well, we got the biggest and the baddest football game of the year coming up. So on Sunday for SB56, you can get out there between 1 and 3.30. You earn just 77 points playing with your A play, and you get a big game shirt from Silver 7s. Then throughout the game, 77 cents. Um, bottled Bud, Bud Light, Mick Ultron. They better add Bud Light next. Uh, they also have a food special, 777. You get two hot dogs, two bags of chips, a 22-ounce Bud Draft, Bud Light, or Mick Ultra. That is the place to be on Sunday, one of the coolest spots in town. And look at how cheap the drinks are with 77-cent bottles. During SB56 at Silver 7s, enjoy it. Nova Home Loans brings you Trending at 3. It's a refi rate at Nova Home Loans. With interest rates at all-time lows, now's the time to talk to your local Nova loan officer. 877-700-NOVA. Shotgun snap to Burrow. Throws it into the end zone for Chase. He leaps. Yeah. He's got yeah. it. Touchdown. Beauty. Bengals <laughs> with 14 seconds left in the third quarter. And now the Bengals can go for two yep. to try to tie this game. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Definitely looking at those props, right? On Jamar Chase, uh, all of our coverage down from Radio Row in L.A. Adam Hill is manning the station there, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 570-9000 is the number. Battleborn with Matt Hoffman and Justin Watkins understand the tactics that insurance companies use to try and reduce the amount of money they pay to accident and injury victims. They know how to quickly and aggressively negotiate with insurance companies to maximize your recovery and keep you out of court. Call them. Free consultation. Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 570-9000-570-9000. We will have a uh, ton of folks who will be calling in during the show, stopping by the set to talk to uh, all of us. But, you know, Adam Hill is kind of, like I said, uh, manning the ship there. I think we're going to get Olympian Janet Evans, who I had no idea how old she was, and I'm not going to say this to her, um, but she's actually from my era and Willie's era. Man, time has flown, Willie. 1988. I don't have an era. 1992. Oh, you don't have an era. You're timeless. She's a 92? 88, 92. Yeah, she's 50 years old. 92. That's the... Uh, we brought that up the other day. That's the... Uh, uh, Dream uh, Team and, and Shannon Miller era. Oh, okay. I thought you were. I thought your timeless just went to uh, brain lockup. No, 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 no. That was we brought that up the other day because I said Edmund and I think Adam said isn't Blake Griffin there? Wasn't that wasn't that you, Adam? Or is that somebody yes, else? That, yeah, that was yeah, me. Yeah, yeah I'm saying. Wait a second. I'm taking credit for that. <laughs> we we started talking Edmund, Oklahoma, and out of my keister, you, I pulled freaking Blake Griffin. I thought you did the research to confirm it. I thought Adam brought it up. No? I can't remember. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. okay. Right. Yeah, we don't, 
This show doesn't know where they are, what time they're no. on, what day no, we've been on. Ever, like I don't, I don't know that Adam has slept. So he, so Adam that's, was that's like, yep, I brought the that up. Like, people no, in the business. I thought he said it was with me. That I did not yeah. bring it up. There's oh, no okay. way. He is uh, uh, that of all the guys on the show. Adam is the one who is locking up. Did you spend any like when you got up this morning? You spent any time walking around, checking things out? <laughs> well, I'm seeing I'm seeing the town because I'm walking I'm walking back and forth to the hotel. How far up, away is it? Up and down. Uh, One point two miles. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's good perfect. exercise. It's perfect. Yeah, Adam's actually a walker. The only time I walk, and I will walk tonight afterwards around Boise. Uh, the only time I walk is when I go on the road. It's sad. I, I waved. It's sad, Willie. You and your 21-day challenge. Up yours. I obnoxiously waved to everybody sitting on the shuttle bus as I left the hotel to walk. Oh, wow. Wow. The rub it in, like, I'm doing is it, you guys is, enjoy your ride. Is up the mountain. <laughs> enjoy your ride. I'm walking. Showing off. Showing off. Adam, All right, we do, do have one of our okay, uh, good friends calling in right now. Freddie Coleman is on the horn, uh, ESPN National, mm-hmm. as uh, Freddie, of course, does the show after ours. I heard Amber Wilson in, you know, previous guest with Chris Canty. I... Uh, I wonder what they're going to do. Yeah, I don't know if people know, but Mike Ola Jr. is gone as of uh, Tuesday. ESPN National was nice enough to tell the affiliates on Tuesday about Mike Ola Jr. going uh, bye-bye. And we'll get Mike We'll get Mike on at some point. He's a great guest. I mean, he's, believe me, he's he's going to land somewhere and have a, a great gig, I'm sure, multiple gigs. But Freddie's on the horn right now. All right, Freddie, let's get right into it. I saw the conversation the other day. I wanted you to tell the Vegas audience, um, we know about the quarterbacks. The most important player in this Super Bowl who doesn't play quarterback is? For my money, Steve, it's going to be Joe Mixon, the running back of Cincinnati, because you know that Joe Burrow is going to have to try to make some plays, and that Rams defense knows that they're going to try to take advantage of the offensive line that has not been stellar at times in the playoff run for the Cincinnati Bengals. But Joe Mixon is able to run the football and reduce that pressure, and he's also really good catching the ball out of the backfield. All of a sudden, now it's not all on Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase to try to make plays in the offense. Joe Mixon can be that guy that can give those toughness runs and keep the defense on the field for the Rams and keep your defense off the field. If he's able to have about 80 to 90 yards rushing and catching the ball out of the backfield, that's really going to be a boon to Cincinnati and reduce a lot of that pressure on Joe Mixon. Tell me what's going on in New York with uh, sports gambling because I heard it's come out of the gates like on fire. Are you are you actually betting legally now? I'm not necessarily a better, but I do follow the betting trends, and to be honest with you, I'm not surprised that it's been like that, because think about all the illegal betting that's gone on in New York for all oh, these yeah. years, and now we can make some money off of it. Of course, there's going to be a lot of anticipation, there's going to be a lot of excitement, especially the Super Bowl, which could be the most bet-on event that we've seen maybe ever in the history of sports. So the minute that they legalize gambling, especially in places like New York and New Jersey, I'm not surprised. It's been a gangbusters kind of effect in terms of that kind of gambling going on because people want to be vested, especially when it comes to the NFL. All right, so you're following it, and you just mentioned Joe Mixon, so let me go through my list of, like, 95 million props. Ready? Uh, Let's do this one. Who do you take? Joe Mixon, first rushing attempt yards versus Purdue wins in the NCAA tournament. Ooh, that's a good one. It is a good one. Joe yep. Mixon in this one because Purdue, they have that look of a Final Four basketball team. they got two big guys inside, and Edie and Williams and Ivy on the outside, and Matt Payne is one of the best coaches in the country. But I'm still going to take Joe Mixon because I think against a Rams defense that's good but not a physical defense that he'll be able to make some yards. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, Purdue could have a run that only goes two or three games, and then all of a sudden all you need is a four-yard carry plus for Mixon. Exactly. Um, 
All right, interesting discussion I saw the other day. I didn't hear it, but I saw you tweeting about it, um, and I love this topic. Um, L.A. fans jumping on board with the Rams, and I know you talked to Travis Rogers from uh, ESPN L.A. So what was he saying about it, and what do you think about it? Well, Travis Rogers brought up something really interesting because, especially in an event town that Los Angeles is going to be, a lot of people look at the Rams and they're still kind of like, are they or are they not going to? And when you're not used to a team like that, especially coming back to your city after leaving your city to go to St. Louis. They've never won a Super Bowl as a Los Angeles Rams organization. They won it as the Rams of St. Louis, but not in that city of Los Angeles. And when you're in a city which is still a Lakers, still a Dodgers, still a USC football town, a lot of people look at you and wonder, okay, are we going to get our hearts broken or should we really be vested in them? If they're able to win a Super Bowl championship, especially in that city with all those celebrities, Steve, that are going to be there on Sunday, you can't even imagine what that could really mean for the Rams organization trying to find any kind of foothold. It seems to me, and Travis pointed this out as well, that the Raiders still have more of a fan base in Los Angeles than the Rams and Chargers combined, which is completely maddening, but that shows you the power of the Raiders and how people still regard them from the 90s when they moved to L.A. So yep. that's how important this Super Bowl is. Not just the Rams winning one as an organization, but establishing any kind of foothold and not have those footprints in sand in that city. I'm so glad that Travis stepped up on behalf of L.A. people because I think Vegas is you know really the same way. Like We had crowd splits this year, 50-50, 60-40 in favor of the Raiders. And I, you know until the Raiders win at the highest level, I don't know that it's going to change uh, for like probably eight or ten years, they have to get younger fans in. But, you know, winning helps everything. But people have to remember, in L.A. and Vegas, Freddie, like most of us are transplants, man. We already had a team for 15, 20, 25 years before this. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And when you have transient cities where so many people are visiting your cities or moving to your cities from other places, they're going to bring their fandom. If you're from New York and you're a Giants fan, you're not going to be a Raiders fan when you get to Las Vegas. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, you move to Los Angeles, you're not going to be a Rams or Chargers fan. You're bringing your fandom with you. Now, that's great for attendance. If you're the Raiders and the Rams, that yeah, yeah. no matter who you play, the opposing fans are going to be there. But then you run into the problem that the Rams ran into where they played the San Francisco 49ers the final week of the regular season and been in the AFC Championship game, and it sounded like a 49ers home game. That's why it's so important for the Rams in this Super Bowl and the Raiders eventually, they get to a Super Bowl. If you're able to win one, then all of a sudden those younger fans will start wearing your jerseys and maybe just maybe you can turn that tie just a little bit from having opposing fans taking over your stadium. Yeah, it's funny. We had a whole thing early in the season where Derek Carr was making remarks and, and uh, annoyed that there was a lot of noise when they were on offense at Allegiant Stadium. And it's like, Derek, man, they, like it's this is not going to be a pro Raiders crowd. The other thing they did here is they charged thirty-five thousand and seventy-five thousand dollars for the top PSL tickets. So, like that, wow. you're you're asking for a wine and cheese crowd in that case. All right, let's let's do a little sports radio here with Freddie Coleman. He's great at it. Um, I'm going to set you up with something, and I have a feeling you might push back. I think this okay. is the best place for athletes to come as free agents. I am a Las Vegas stan. I'm telling you, Freddie, and I'm from New Jersey. Um, I, I actually think the New York area is becoming the worst place for free agents with the recent turning on some of the athletes. What Javier Baez comes in there, they're busting his horns, and now Julius Randle too? Here's the deal with that, and here I'll give you a little pushback from that standpoint. Certain people don't want to deal with the media, and if you don't want to deal with the media, yep. then the last place to go is New York because yep. for all the glitz and glamour and the rainbow, the, the pot of the gold at the end of the rainbow in New York, 
you got to be a tough-skinned person. And I'm not going to fault Julius Randle as much for giving it back to the fans. I think the fans, they got a little butt hurt by somebody doing to them what they usually do to the athletes. Exactly. Now, the whole Javier Baez situation, I don't know what possessed him to do that because you played in Chicago. You know how the media is with the Chicago Cubs. What makes you think, and the fan base as well, what makes you think that was going to be different the minute you got to New York and fans going to express their displeasure with the way you and your teammates were playing? So I don't know if New York City is the worst in terms of that because I'm sure that people who played in Boston may have a complete disagreement <laughs> when it comes to New York being the worst place. But if you're going to be traded to those cities or you're going to play for those cities, you have to expect that when you're doing everything great and you're, and you're going to get that sunshine, but if somebody does not like the way you're playing because they don't believe you're living up to your productivity, you're going to hear about it from the fans. And if you can't deal with that, then those places are not going to be good for you from a professional standpoint and also from a personal standpoint. I'll also argue, though, that athletes, uh, you know, they talk, and I almost feel like in baseball where there's no cap, there's almost like a New York tax to get players. The Mets, I mean, Max Scherzer's awesome. He's also 100 years old. He just got a $143 million deal. Like, it's actually costing the owners a little bit because of, you know, and I'm not saying the media and the fans are doing it on purpose, but I think that is kind of the uh, indirect result. I'll disagree with you because here's why. If you win in New York, no matter what kind of tax they take out of your money, you'll be able to make other opportunities and add to your employment because the United States government is going to tax you anyway. It may not be a local state uh, income tax, like what is not the case in Texas or in Florida, but if you win in New York, all of a sudden the world is your oyster. You become a worldwide phenomenon. You become, you become a global icon from that standpoint when you win in certain places along the lines of New York, along the lines of Los Angeles. So whatever tax bite is being taken out of your paycheck, if you're able to win and be a champion in New York, you'll be able to overcome that because so many doors are going to be open to you where they want your name and want your brand to fortify their brand. They're going to pay you good money to do so. Touche. Uh, let's close on uh, last couple things. Do you think the Patriot way is going to work here with uh, McDaniels and Ziegler in Raiderland? Boy, that's a really good question, and here's why. I don't want to say it's not going to work, but Josh McDaniels has to realize two things. Number one, you can't just be from the hoodie of Belichick and think that that's going to work. You have to be adaptable to your players and make sure that you're your own person. And number two, I wonder if he's learned from any of the snakes that he made with the Denver Broncos, where yeah. it seems at times he was either too intense or too rigid and not able to listen to the players. And you're going to have to be able to do that. And when you're playing in a division, when you got Justin Herbert with the Chargers and Patrick Mahomes with the Kansas City Chiefs, you better make sure that you have some dudes in your team that they're going to follow you. Because they remember the last guy that was there, Rich Passaccia. They were willing to go through a wall for him, and they want him as their head coach. If you come in and all of a sudden that you put – yourself on the opposite side of that that's going to be a problem with josh mcdanson he better figure that out sooner than later with the raiders freddie that was awesome we'll keep listening to the show uh, in the evening thank you so much for the time my pleasure steve enjoy the super bowl as well my friend love him love him love him love him i'm gonna enjoy the super bowl for sure listen each night after our show to freddie and fitz we're about 15 minutes away from our buddy xavier pope attorney culture war analyst xavier's coming up right here on cofield and company Enjoy Bud Light, Budweiser, and Michelob Ultra for just 77 cents during all NFL games. Get the William Hill Race and Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. Most dudes aren't traded three times in their prime. And that's what we've seen now with James Harden. Like, I don't know what that says about James Harden, but I will say that that is highly unusual when we're talking about one of the very best players in the entire league. In terms of his legacy, like, he better win a championship now with the 76ers. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. 
Damn, Amber Wilson getting more run with uh, Chris Canty in the leading show to Cofield and Company. She's bringing it, getting on James Harden. If you missed it, James Harden traded. He has moved from the Nets to the Sixers. And as a Nets fan, uh, I'm not saying I'm thrilled, but I like getting Ben Simmons back. So we'll hash that out throughout the show. Adam Hill is on Radio Row in Los Angeles. I know Adam Hill is a freaking Olympics junkie so he certainly knows who janet evans is and she's still (laughs) involved with the olympics adam take it away janet how are you i'm great how are you Great, great, great. Thanks yeah. for having me. We, we're all good. And it's funny, uh, Steve said, I am an Olympics junkie. And right now, it's uh, it's tough trying to cover Super Bowl and follow the yeah. Olympics. Uh, but you, you came over to introduce yourself. I was like, yeah, I know who you are. <laughs> well, I don't know. I just swam. You know, I wear those goggles <laughs> and those cap things. So, you know, we look different out of the water. We want to talk about Los Angeles coming yes. up. And you have a big role coming up in the L.A. I can't believe they're going to be back. I'm so excited they're going to be back here. But I do want to get so. your take on this because I was – Really, really conflicted about the NBC coverage the other night with Michaela Schifrin. And I'm, yep. I'm not sure if you got to see it. She crashed out of another race in skiing. It's heartbreaking. She sat on the snow and, and just thought about things. And it was yeah. it was tough to watch. And then she did an interview. And people criticized NBC for interviewing her. My thought, I am, I'm, I'm very into women's sports, very into it. But I also think sometimes we're like, oh, it's okay, honey. Like, your athletes, your high-level yeah. athletes, like, she does the same thing that the guys do. We talked to her in an interview. We're like, we're not supposed to feel bad about yeah. that. Yeah. First of all, I, w- I watched that. I watched that with my 15-year-old daughter. Um, my my husband and son were watching, too, but I really watched it with my 15-year-old daughter. Yeah. Um, I think Mikhail is amazing. It broke my heart to watch her. Um, it broke my heart to watch her fall tw- you know, twice. Um, but I, I agree with you, and I, and I think Michaela was totally gracious, right? And yeah. I think – the question that reporters ask of what happened, you ask it all the time. I'm sure. sure. What happened, right? Yeah. Well, that's what we do. We're athletes. We are, we should be able to tell you what happened. And I and I thought she did. She did a great job. And I, and look, I think mental health right now is such a, so important to our athletes. Our athletes go through so much. Olympians, you know, we love the Super Bowl. I'm so excited for Sunday. There's another Super Bowl next year for Michaela. The next Olympics are in 26 in Milan, and yeah. so the heartbreak maybe. is a little maybe. maybe right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Who knows with injury and age, yeah. right? And so, I think the emotion is is somewhat different, um, and the pressure is so strong because you don't know if this opportunity is going to come yeah. again. And so, I thought she handled handled herself great in that interview, and I thought she was really honest, like brutalist, and I loved it. Well, so. I'm cheering for her. I just saw she tweeted. She's really excited about today's races. So, yeah. and take, take us into that mindset of an Olympian where, like, a lot of the sports are, yeah, it's big all the time. And there's meets all the time. And there's competitions all the time. But a lot of them have the spotlight for one week or right. two weeks. Right. And you're working for this. So I, I used to cover MMA, uh, you know, for a long time. And Ronda Rousey was, you know, a, yeah. an, an athlete who talked about that journey of in judo. Nobody cares about you for four years, but you are working every single day for one competition. Yeah. yeah. And then if it doesn't go well, like that whole four years, you start to think about yeah. what, what is that mindset like? It, she's amazing, by the way. Yeah. And, and she's fortunate because she was able to take her career as sure. a judo player sure. and merge it into MMA. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a chance you take, right? Yeah. Like, and it's, um, you put your body through all this. For swimmers, we get up at four in the morning. You're missing the team by four one hundredths of a second. So you have to think of it, I guess, as the journey. But one thing, you know, that I think a lot about, and as we plan the LA 28 Olympics, is athletes' mental health and how we help these athletes through that transition. Not every athlete will retire after the LA Games, but how can we help them? How can we put them, you know, in some kind of mentorship program using technology to help them 
with the issues they could and might have sure. once they retire, right? How do we help them with resumes, et cetera? So, so we're trying to think that way as we plan the games to come here to Los Angeles. You're, you're rocking the, uh, the LA 28 gear right now. Yeah. yeah. Are, are, I mean, it's it's six years away. I know. But if it's not, it's, 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 it's not right that around the corner. Yeah. It's funny. I told Casey Wasserman, who's our chairman, he called me on my birthday in 2015 to have me join. And I will, the Paralympics end the day after my birthday in 2028. It's a 13-year journey, and halfway point is the end of this month, February wow. 28th. So Crazy. we are halfway done. Um, the great news about L.A., though, is that we don't have anything to build, right? So look at SoFi. True. Look at the new Clippers Arena, Crypto.com. The convention center where we're sitting now will be all of our um, judo and all of our combat sports. So we have everything here. So we, we have the time to think about what we're going to do for athletes, what we're going to do for fans, what we're going to do for the community of Los Angeles. But you're right, it's going to be here before we know it. In six years, we're going to be sitting here again, but not for Super Bowl Radio Row. We'll be here for uh, Olympic and Paralympic Radio Row. Oh, I can't wait. I, yeah. I, I was at uh, 96. I went as a as a, as a a kid. I was so excited about I'm so excited about this one. And it's a good trip. Vegas is not a, not very far. I know. You can come I down know. and check it I out. Know. I'm uh, a big Vegas fan. So, so yeah. Olympics and Paralympics in 2028, uh, what, what what is, what is your role and when what are you doing like to get ready to step it up so my role is my title is the chief athlete officer it's very fancy yeah it is very fancy sure. cao so what that means is that when we plan our games from everything from the venue planning to our marketing to our commercial side of the house we make sure the athletes are represented well and so when the athletes come to our games they have the best athlete experience so that goes to what their buses look like what their village room looks like what their venue looks like you know where the athletes sit at the swimming pool it's going to be better food's going to be better than it's going to be better. And listen, I'm a Trojan, and our village is UCLA, and it's amazing. So okay. the food at UCLA is great. Okay. Our athletes are going to – I promise they're going to have good food. So that's my role is to make sure the athletes are integrated into our games. And when they come here, if they're not happy, the buck stops right here with me. Wow. So I know. So it's a it lot of pressure. Uh, it does, right? But that's what I tell everyone in the organization. Buck stops here, so let's get it right for these athletes, and that's what we're doing. Awesome so, stuff. Really, yeah. really appreciate it. Thank yes. you so much for stopping My by. My pleasure. And 2028. 2028. It's coming soon. July of 28. Be ready. Six, six plus years. Be ready. Thank you Thank so much. You. There she is. Janet Evans, five-time winner at the Olympics, 88 and 92. Also went to the 96 Olympics. Olympics, a, uh, a great viewing event, even this year, uh, whether you're a big winter fan or not. We have a, a cool viewing event going down tomorrow. PT's Pub, another one of our ESPN Las Vegas Miller Lite UNLV watch parties. Big one on the way. UNLV taking on Boise at the top of the conference. It's the PT's Pub. That's a trop just short of Maryland on the east side. $10 Miller Lite pitchers. Lots of UNLV swag being given away. And Tyler Bischoff is there. You can talk hoops with Tyler Bischoff as they watch the running Rebels go against the Broncos. They'll be out there from 8 to 10. It is a little bit later start, 8 o'clock start on the road. Get down there, PT's Pub, Tropicana, just short of Maryland Parkway on the east side for another ESPN Las Vegas Miller Lite watch party, PT's Pub. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. It's Cofield and Company. Oh, yeah. Silver Sevens, Boise, Idaho, L.A. Radio Road, Chicago, Silver Sevens. Xavier Pope is up with uh, Willie Ramirez and Cofield and Adam Hill is around as well. Xavier, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Super Bowl week's crazy, and uh, there's a lot of stories to cover. And sadly, for, for the NFL, they keep getting <laughs> usurped by the not, you know, the, 
kind of the controversial stories and the nonsense that owners do. And uh, I wanted to get your reaction to what Jim Trotter uh, did yesterday, and I, th- I thought it was really good. He, he basically asked like a 90-second question and talked about, you know, the NFL says one thing but does another, and why are there so many issues with uh, hiring of black coaches? And then, you know, Goodell in typical fashion gave like a two-minute answer and just said nothing. Jim Trotter uh, should be lauded for being a hero. Um, he risked his professional reputation because it was NFL media in which he works that he also challenged. So not only the NFL's um, problem with hiring coaches and diverse um, folks in, in general management in front offices, he also challenged the network um, that, re- that hires reporters, that hires uh, executives and people who work for the NFL uh, to be able to deliver the product uh, on their uh, online or uh, and on uh, cable broadcast, and uh, and he, he, that, that's his job. And he was very very clear about asking the question. And if you think about Roger Goodell's uh, press conference, he was on skates. He, he wasn't ready for it, and it was it was a great question. It was expertly front framed. And Jim Trotter, as a great journalist, he he is. Um, got to the heart of the matter. It, it needed to be asked um, during this week when we really haven't really talked about Cincinnati Bengals versus the, the LA Rams, y'all. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been all this yep. stuff off the field. Xavier, the the Rooney Rule. This, you know, when it was brought into effect, it it I think it had good merit. It had you know some substance. But fast forward. Is it now just something there to apply to say that you did it and follow protocol and it's really not taking effect? Should the Rooney Rule be eliminated? You have to, first of all, the Rooney Rule should not be eliminated. Uh, named for Dan Rooney, uh, who's on the diversity committee uh, of the NFL, and he was you know, part of getting it, in, involved in creating it. But the reason why the Rooney Rule exists is because the NFL was sued. <laughs> Johnny Cochran. So yep. to make sure his coaches were in the National Football League, and it, it, it takes suing the National Football League in order to get things done. I mean, Tom Brady versus the NFL, that was the NFL lockout. That's what it was all about. Some of the bigger issues, uh, Colin Kaepernick, I'm bringing his, and uh, also uh, uh, Eric Reed. I mean, the NFL responds to lawsuits, and it, it, that's just what it is, and that's part of big business in the, in the United States. And the Rooney Rule just has to be updated. Now it's been changed a little bit. There's a requirement of hiring to start interviewing people, uh, two people uh, for the job. But if you're interviewing all all the time and there's no, it doesn't translate to actual jobs being landed, then the, the, the Rooney Rule has to be updated. And I'll talk about this in the latest episode of Suit Up News this week, is that there has, there has to be some teeth in the rule. Incentivize teams more, give them more draft picks, give them some salary cap relief. You don't you don't think teams want to be able to move around players on their team with better salary salary cap because they're hiring um, diversity coaches? Uh, yes, they do. Uh, you just it put something in place that allows teams to be because it's a copycat league. Once teams figured out they could skirt the rule, they did it. Now give them the opportunity to be able to copycat each other to be able to maneuver and make better moves for their team to succeed when they do hire a, a diverse a coach. Xavier Pope is up with us here on Cofield and Company. So, Lovey Smith in, I think that's, uh, people are counting, hey, one African-American get hired in 
the nine hires. You and I have talked behind the scenes about Mike McDaniel. I, I find it a fascinating topic about what you identify as. Also, the very thorny topic, is he black enough? Uh, Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins coach, his father is African-American. Uh, I think his grandmother is African-American. Um, and McDaniel said he thinks it's a little bit odd that people talk about his race. Why is this important or not important? Well, it's not odd when the 49ers have to receive, have to receive compensation because that's part of the, some of the rules that were changed with the, the Rooney rule to reward teams who hire diverse candidates. So you can't, Mike McDaniel, say, oh, don't talk, talk about my race when you are hired as a diverse candidate. And so if you don't, if you want to fully identify as a white man or as a human, as he said, then that team doesn't, doesn't receive the compensation for hiring you. You, get, you don't get to pick and choose when you're black and when you're not. You don't get to move through society as a white man. And just because you look different from other biracial people doesn't necessarily mean that you get to just take it on and put it off whenever it suits you and benefits you. It was a terrible response to the question that he was asked. All Mike McDaniel had to say is that I grew up with a black father and a white mother. People, I have associated my identity with my mother because I appear to be a white man. Now, when, people, when I tell people that I have a black father, maybe they might treat me differently and I have a complicated issue with my race. I don't necessarily feel 100 percent comfortable with it, but I do reap some of the benefits of being when, I, when I'm white in circumstances. I reap the benefits just like this draft compensation of being a, a multiracial in this particular situation. He has to have the, the clarity of thought to understand the society in which he lives and the circumstance in which he got his job and who he represents when he stands at that podium. He, he, he failed at that today. So, so on, on racial identity and, you know, and again, I'll go back to the term, you know, the, being black enough. I, like, I saw Will Blackman, a former uh, NFL player, say, oh, it might be Daniels, like uh, Mariah Carey. Like, when you see that stuff, kind of grading people and what race they are, biracial, multi, or like, what do you what do you say to them? What do you think of that? <laughs> I made fun of him for for looking like the the hip hop artist logic, but that's those jokes. I mean, you know that that's something you just would say, like he just because he looks like logic. But when it comes to saying he's not black enough to be able to fit a position, I think it's ridiculous because you know our last president before Donald Trump, the forty fourth president, so two presidents ago was Barack Obama. People questioned whether he was black enough and some, some people thought he was too black. I mean, you can't look at someone's racial composition. When we have a history of this country without the one drop rule, if it was just one drop of black in you, that you were black. But we also had a complexity of many black Americans that appeared, that presented themselves as white and they were able to maneuver through society a little bit easier. So the topic of race and colorism is really much more complex than we like to view it on the surface. And so when you're someone like Mike McDaniel, you have to recognize the complexities that exist. But also when you criticize someone like that, it says they're, they're not black enough. You also get people like that to retreat in their shells and say, well, I'm just trying to do the best I can to be able to live and be able to get whatever I, I can to be able to support myself and my family. And so Mike McDaniel has been able to be shielded from that. But to be criticized for not being black enough, I think is ridiculous. Xavier, men need to stop telling women how to dress signed mind your business you know i saw a tweet in response to the sydney carter uh post someone tweeted a picture of jason kidd and said is jason kidd is this appropriate for men's basketball and i thought it was just kind of fantastic and snarky but um man it's a shame that they didn't realize and didn't do the research that her players were wearing pink shoes she was wearing pink and it was for the kao cancer fund 
Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it was, and it was clear. If you just look at the picture, you could tell for, for it, though. I mean, that, that, that's what it appeared to be for me. And I, I didn't even know it until I looked those facts up later. I think there are certain... If we have live in a society that people are trying to police other people's bodies, police other people's uh, their, 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 their existence. And men need to shut the F up about how women dress. <laughs> they should be able to dress exactly how they could be, as quote-unquote sexy as they want to be. Or as conservative they want to be, they could be, you know, they, they could come out there with a, with, a, with a tutu if they want to. As long as they can do the job, as long as they can coach and do the job, that all that matters. And men, if you are feeling a little too randy looking at them, maybe you need to check yourself and, yeah. and, uh, and, put, and, put, and put some of that away and trying to tell women how to dress. Hey, this is about uh, probably 18 months removed from a Chicago radio host, like a 30-year vet of Chicago radio. Uh, making comments about Maria Taylor, saying that her outfit yeah. looked like she be, should be hosting AVN. And you know where, I mean, men learn this stuff in a lot of places. Um, but one of the places you can learn this and be encouraged and enabled is the workplace. And Dan Snyder's workplace is being called into question again. And he stole a day of attention from the Super Bowl by, uh, allegations came out in the last week. So then about 8 a.m. yesterday, uh, Snyder and company announced, oh, we're going to do another internal investigation. And then by the afternoon, Goodell has to freaking run him over and go, yeah, that's not going to happen. Um, is the NFL actually going to do anything about Dan Snyder? I mean, it is just repetitive. The stories are from 10 plus years. It's just stupid. Get rid of the guy. Get rid of Dan Snyder. I talked about this on Suit Up News this week as well, is that if any owner has been found to have a discriminatory practices, whether it's Brian Flores or sexual assault, they need to be made to sell their team. And this isn't, this isn't the first time this happened. Brian, Jerry Richardson, who owned the Carolina Panthers in 2018, there were some sexual assault allegations and also that he called an African-American scout a racial slur. They were pretty much pushed the guy to league. Uh, and so make this guy, Dan Snyder, that the league gave a finance ex debt exception for him to purchase 100% of the team while they were under the previous investigation that the NFL already handed down $10 million and now the NFL is going to come back and reinvestigate the investigation that, that they won't share with anyone but they supposedly gave, had an agreement with Dan Snyder but now they say it isn't. This is just too much. Incredible. Uh, I got about a minute left. Uh, I wanted to have Xavier hit on this one. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, less than a week ago, uh, UCLA is at Arizona. One of the uh, players who's out this year, a freshman, big man, Mackey Chan, apparently gets mad at the Wildcat fans and spits at them. He got arrested. Is this kind of a dog and pony show thing? Because they, you know, the, the local police didn't mention anything about uh, assault in terms of you know COVID risk or anything like that. I, I it seemed to me like it went too far. Don't spit at people, man. That's assault. Okay. That simple. I mean, that's the crime. You. We, you something of your it, it, the, the definition of assault is offensive touching of another and your whether it's uh your spit or whether it's your hand or whether it's a weapon it's classified as assault don't do it it's disgusting to spit on anyone anyway it is and i'm being inconsistent too because uh while i want to give the 19 uh, year old basketball player a break i had no mercy at all for karens and morons uh, during covid who were spitting at people you know, doing it on purpose. Obviously, if you spit, you're doing it on purpose. But spitting on people at grocery stores, I wanted them to be prosecuted to the uh, the highest degree. So I guess I should be consistent on this one. I'm, if there's anything that you know about me, Steve, is I'm fair. I'm going to be consistent. I mean, you you do to be a good, decent human being. <laughs> that's all. That's the bench. That's the benchmark. Don't spit on people.
Xavier, uh, one last time, tell people about Suit Up News. Uh, Suit Up News, a video drops every week on the Xavier Pope timeline, E-X-A-V-I-R-P-O-P-E. And tonight and on t- Tuesdays and Thursdays, at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Pacific. There's Suit Up News Spaces on Twitter Spaces. Just go use the hashtag Suit Up News or go to Xavier, uh, go to uh, Twitter Spaces and just find my name. And boom, it'll launch you into uh, looking for later latest episode. Bengals or Rams? Oh, is a game going on? Yeah, it's Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> so, somebody's going to win. <laughs> it's going to be a great halftime show. That'll be great. All right, Xavier. Hopefully we appreciate it. it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, dude. Uh, coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, we're going to talk to Solomon Wilcott's former Bengal. will give us a skinny on uh, how fired up everyone is in Cincinnati. Your home for every UNLV Rebel football game is ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM, KWWN Las Vegas.